2: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
0: This is uh, Matthew, a.k.a. Bon Temp, and you are listening to Why Are People Into That? with Tina Horn. Maxine Holloway. Hello. Before we dive into our subject today, mm-hmm. will you tell the story of the little fuck film that we made, which, you know, was has been lost to history, but <laughs> now that maybe we can preserve a little bit of the, of the spirit of that movie here today.
1: Oh, uh, absolutely. Oh my God, what year was that? You know, I want to say it was... 2011 or 12
0: oh it would it would have been before that because it was really? before I moved to New York
1: oh is that oh God okay
0: so I want to say like
1: nine or ten nine or ten nine or ten yeah which is about a decade ago oh
0: my god and we had already known each other for a little while so yeah. we go we go back as we, part of the point out, of the yeah, story we
1: were already we were already very very friendly and it was, it was in the beginning of the my porn career and yours as well. I think so, I yeah. Really, you know, not the very beginning, but the, the early years. Yeah, the early years. And uh, I wanted to make a film and it was called Seeing Red. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was about feminism <laughs> and sex and magic. This was kind of revenge. like... revenge. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was kind of the height of the feminist porn boom can we call it a boom yeah it was like it was a boom. It sort was like of good like
1: old days of feminist porn
0: y- yeah it was like the mid it was like the middle of the decade that good for her in toronto was doing the feminist porn awards and i think there was like a little bit of money still even though it was after the recession like in the bay area for like queer feminist arty political indie yeah. porno. and we just happened to find ourselves being professional sluts uh, and artists uh, yeah. in the Bay Area at that time.
1: Definitely. it was and the way I approached filmmaking at that point was, I have this creative idea and I want to communicate it on film, blah, blah blah. but it was also like,
0: who of my friends do I want to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know that 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 game still working for me after all yeah, these years it's it. really like it. yeah. it's <laughs> really it's really nice it's a really nice way and some of my most long-lasting friendships you know have come from people that I've been like I could date you or we could get paid to have sex
1: yeah I think that's a beautiful way to start
0: anything <laughs> <laughs> okay so seeing red so you wrote the script yes yeah, so it had a script.
1: script and it um it, God, it's been a while, but it had to do with Gail Dines, right. the anti-pornography, quote-unquote feminist. There was a dinner party. There was some slut shaming. There was some sex work shaming, and then in comes this character who is who is a sex magic fairy mm-hmm. in all of their adorned in glitter and wings mm-hmm. and leather. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's what I cast you in.
0: Oh yeah, as, that's the, as the, the sex fairy, the magical like sex fairy. Go- go-
1: it was kind of like a fairy godmother character. Yeah, but with leather and
0: fucking. <laughs> yeah, well, it was bippity
1: boppity <laughs> boop, lots of boop.
0: <laughs> so basically, the idea was like your character gets whore shamed at mm-hmm. a dinner party, and then my character, who is like your Fairy Godmother, Glinda the Good Witch, Jiminy Cricket, Conscience comes in and is like, "You can do this." I'm like, "You're cl- you're like clap back, yeah, queen." Exactly. Or so you like have this like fantasy where I'm like, "Get yourself together, girl."
1: Yeah, I think I like because of the horse shaming, I like disassociated the dinner party and then go into this dream <laughs> where I get in touch with my fairy whore mother Mm -hmm. and that of course involved being fucked by you naturally yeah yeah Yeah. and that's how i got my like mojo back Uh uh-huh and then i think it just ended with me like getting up on the dinner table and stripping
0: that sounds right you know yeah
1: fade to black
0: (laughs) so we filmed this little indie picture Mm -hmm. in
1: it was Veracocha. Veracocha on Valencia and Twenty First. Is it Street, not there San anymore? San Francisco, R.I.P.
0: R.I.P. Veracocha. Mm-hmm. So we filmed it all day, and it was like a queer female crew for the most part, yep. right? And then that movie never, no image or footage from that movie uh, ever saw the light of day yeah, for a tragic reason. Like-
1: One selfie on my BlackBerry. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Yeah, all the footage. I was making the film with um, a filmmaker named Lux Sloan, who was also working at Frameline at the time. Yeah. And they had all the footage on their laptop and the external hard drive. They had two copies like a good filmmaker does.
0: This is like sort of before you could so quickly hop on the Wi-Fi and back things up on the cloud. There
1: was no cloud. And if there was... I don't know we didn't know we didn't have access to that cloud yet yeah 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 <laughs> and their bags got stolen while they were at Frameline and all the months of work and the beautiful like juicy camera we had on the slide you put a camera on a slide thing and it just glides and our sex scene was like filmed on this like super professional tracky glide thing and oh my god I don't even gonna, remember like, that it's just... gonna change the world oh. <laughs> that- it was gonna, it was gonna be a game changer, and it, the game left town. Ugh. but so then, then we just have to kind of like frame it as like this amazing performance art piece that we did one day in a weird basement in the Mission in San Francisco to an
0: audience of a half dozen <laughs> people, <laughs> to
1: half a dozen of our friends. Yeah, I
0: remember. Yeah, people applauded when we were done.
1: Yeah, absolutely, we did a great job.
0: Definitely, I remember.
1: I remember what. All of us were wearing weird. I had on like this green mini skirt, yes, and you had on like these black leather pants and wings and glitter. Oh my god, and like a wings. crop top! <laughs> and yeah, we we fucked on on the stairs in this basement, yeah, it was grand. <laughs> it was
0: grand, god. Also, I think that's a, that's maybe the only time that we were ever on camera together
1: I think that's true actually
0: that's unfortunate Which is
1: another shame that that is not
0: available
1: a relic that we can
0: access. well the night is young yes
1: very true <laughs> we're, new, we're in New York City right now anything can happen <laughs> true
0: true Maxine Holloway there uh, there are so many things that you that I know you for and that you are known uh, around the world for. Uh, besides being an indie, feminist, anti-porn, anti pornographer, you are a sex worker and have been an out sex worker for a long time in many parts of the industry. And you're also a very active sex work activist and have been for a long time, especially this year, not only because you got your, uh, you are now a, a mistress of public health yeah. um mazel tov <laughs> on that you. mph, m-ph <laughs> and um but also you along with arabelle Raphael uh organized bay pros support which has been one of the many organizations sex worker led by sex workers for sex workers organizations that have arisen since the passing of the new American law, Mm FOSTA-SESTA, commonly known as FOSTA-SESTA. And you have done a ton of organizing with Arabella and that whole team and community support, as well as throwing punk shows, for which I just (laughs) got a a t-shirt, which I uh, can't wait to wear the fuck out of. You're going to rock it so well. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And you were also saying that you have been getting sort of more into like production and taking... Uh, like portraits and photography yeah. of like other workers.
1: Yeah, I, I was a photographer before I became a sex worker and then um, kind of let that go. I've been a, a pretty busy person for the past couple of years. Of, but lately I have gotten back behind the camera and have been making some portraits of sex workers and taking escort photos for folks and um, different portraits for my... Um, sex worker interview column called Brain Throbs and Blowjobs that Great I write name. for Broke Ass Stewart. Um and so that's been a combination of interviewing various sex workers and then also photographing them,
0: which cool. I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. And um, we were just trying to figure out if we had met originally, like in that general scene that we were talking about, but I think that we met because you were what was your role at feminipotens also is it pronounced feminipotens feminipotens it it, it
1: can be i always call that feminipotens
0: feminipotens
1: but but different people called it different things it's latin that's all i know it's dead it's it's a dead language (laughs) so you can call whatever the fuck you want
0: um so uh yeah yeah. so that like feminist
1: things there i don't know i was like the gallery manager by the end
0: yeah Yeah. I feel like I was volunteering and you were the gallery manager
1: I just it just came to me you were doing you were doing writing I was doing the newsletter yes yeah I was like help trying to like organize the newsletter every month and you were the copywriter yep and that is exactly how we first met it's true And you were a fantastic writer and you still are look at me now yeah
0: Well, you know, I come a long
1: way, baby. I owe it
0: all to uh, you know feminist art community organizing. So, if anybody wants to ask me uh, how do you make it as a writer, I will say I don't know what making it means, but (laughs) I will definitely say that uh, that is a really great place to start. Yeah, for many reasons, not the least of which is that you get to make lifelong friendships.
1: Yes, that was an interesting place for sure. But it has brought some (laughs) wonderful fucking people into my life. And I feel very grateful for that.
0: Same. Likewise. So, Maxine, Mm -hmm. there are so many sexuality topics and sex work topics and kink topics that I feel like you and I have uh, whiled away the hours discussing and could discuss on this podcast right now but the thing that i am really excited to talk to you about is why are people into pregnancy and would you like to explain in your own words why you are qualified to more qualified than (laughs) me (laughs) to dig into the subject of why are people into pregnancy
1: yeah absolutely um yeah, I am currently about six months pregnant.
0: Oh, wow. And I would say that makes you an yeah, expert in I your think, own I think that body. Gives me a little
1: bit of some qualifications to talk about why
0: people are into pregnancy. Totally. Yeah. Well, mazel tov again, Thank you. you are accomplishing so many <laughs> conventional things.
1: <laughs> totally, you know. A little bit of porn, a little bit of creating life, just keeping it exciting.
0: Yeah, and having a, a mistress degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have so many questions. I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of questions. I want to talk... Here's where I want to start. What is erotic to you about being pregnant?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I feel like even before I got pregnant that I eroticized and fetishized pregnancy cool to some degree
0: and um, this is your first pregnancy mm-hmm,
1: my first pregnancy and um I've always kind of had like a breeding fetish mm-hmm. and currently identify as a who cow
0: I want you to tell me more about what it means to be a who cow
1: a who cow it's it's great to be a <laughs> Um so who cow means like human cow. Got it. <laughs> Just to clarify that. Not
0: like who, who like who, yeah. where, what, when.
1: Yeah. It's H-U. Got it. You could put a dash cow. Sure. I, I make it all one word though. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so you are a bovine, humid, mm-hmm. hybrid. You identify as, as, yeah. a, as a who like cow.
1: A, I have a bell. Um, <laughs> I wear it very proudly most days. Is this
0: a thing, or did you come up with it?
1: so it is a thing like I like like having that having and being interested in like breeding fantasies and things like that yeah. um you know y- you start googling enough things and who cows come up yeah thing um but and, and it makes a lot of sense because all of these things that like are a part of my sexuality of like um uh, well my sexuality pertaining to like breeding fantasies of like being used to be impregnated and nursing and being milked and things like that. Yeah. Um, just make a lot of sense when you start looking at like a cow dynamic and what hookows are, hookows purposes are. And so What's, I'm, what is their purpose? Their purpose are to breed and be milked. Great. And so those are two activities that I highly enjoy, <laughs> and now I like took it to the next level because I actually am impregnated <laughs> and will be lactating soon. So like my hookah cow abilities just like leveled up a couple notches. Yeah. It.
0: Yeah. It. You brought it out of the realm of fantasy and really committed.
1: Yeah. And and just just to say this, I probably don't have to, but my decision to have a child was not solely attached to my who cow identity you don't have to get pregnant to identify as a who cow and not all people that are pregnant identify as who cows so but for me that really happened to work out because I was ready and interested in starting a family and also am able to separate and combine like this fantasy and fetish element with breeding and cows and milking and insemination and you know and it's fun to be a cow like cows love walks <laughs> like they, they they taste great they taste great in every way like they're really into cheese and ice cream like who cow lifestyle is <laughs> prime they love like getting their haunches rubbed mm-hmm. and like you know suckling and milking like it's a very very good life
0: you're so amazing <laughs> i am um, <laughs> gonna go out on the limb and say that there in my opinion there are worse reasons to get pregnant <laughs> and to choose to be a parent than that it turns you on. <laughs> you know that's
1: that's real. <laughs> yeah. Someone right? recently online said to me they're like, oh yeah, pregnancy. That makes sense. It's like the goal of sex. And I, like, I have such mixed feelings about that statement because it's, like, A, so heteronormative. Sure. And B, like, that's not why myself or most people I sleep with, like, what their goal of sex <laughs> naturally is. But, like, it, it's hard for me to totally dismiss this, like, just kind of primal thing of just, like, of, of like, getting knocked up and like like having someone come inside you and like regardless of gender or science or anything like that like like that's I think kind of like at the root of like a lot of the, the like breeding fantasies and things like that is like there's just something super primal about having someone like fill you in that way mm. um, and then for it to not just end after that sex act that, that they, they leave something that, like,
0: well you're cha- you're here. transformed forever yeah which is uh, a very alluring concept yeah that something would be so powerful that you would never be the same
1: definitely and w- with a lot of different like ds dynamics um you know i consider like bdsm stuff is like another way to express closeness with someone yeah and like this is like some real 24 7 (laughs) bonding with my partner who's an excellent who caretaker um and like like a farmer yeah Yeah, we didn't quite get into the farmer thing that felt a little too old McDonaldy.
0: Sure, sure um, to each their huh? you own. Know, no,
1: it's just a cow taker. <laughs> <A> cow taker.
0: <laughs> okay. That's good. As somebody who is never interested in becoming a parent or being pregnant, I'm also aware that the focus and in some ways fear and need for control around sexuality and pregnancy, it. I mean, it always makes sense if you bring it back to to fear, and it always makes sense if you bring it back to control and what what control might mean or what uh, release of control might mean, and like thinking about how the like eroticism of breeding could even be connected to how long in your life the purpose of sex was not. get pregnant Mm -hmm. and that even it would be at the least an inconvenience uh uh and you know also just potentially like life-changing um in lots of different ways whether you choose to have the child keep the child have an abortion as is your right as it should be etc um that like if you do have sex and you're not intending to get pregnant and you do get pregnant that like that is hard Mm -hmm. and something that you're trying to avoid, uh, then that you might have fear, feelings of acute fear and control around, and that you may arrange your entire life around so that then the idea of like releasing yourself from that and just saying like, fuck it. Like I'm gonna get, like, this person is going to come in me, whatever happens, happens, or this is the purpose of this happening. I mean, this is all, like, very abstract to me, but, like, yeah. I, I'm...
1: i <laughs> No, that's... I think there's, there's a lot of... there's a lot of truth in that, too, like...
0: Where you could just let go. Because, yeah. I mean, I've certainly, like, not been able to fully let go and enjoy myself during sex... Because of not wanting to get pregnant, I guess mm-hmm. is like another way of putting that. Yeah. So the idea that you might have a fantasy that you could totally let go. Yeah. Because kind of it's like, like that not fear
1: out of out of out of the equation.
0: Like not only is it not a concern, but it's like it's like a a feature, not a bug.
1: Yeah. <laughs> totally. And then and then it's like, oh well, like the repercussions of that is then something that will then connect us for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. No matter no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there is like this level of like intensity and closeness that I think my partner and I um, really enjoy and are like able to eroticize and like heighten with the whole who cow and dynamic.
0: <laughs> so what do you think your relationship to your who cow identity how do you anticipate it changing? Obviously, there's a lot of, there's a lot that's impossible to predict about your future mm-hmm. in terms of how you're going to feel and how it's going to be. But have you thought about, like, how you foresee this identity changing where as before it's been like sort of anticipatory or aspirational? <laughs> and uh, and now it's like, like, fully and literally embodied in your body. Yeah. And then it will be like an experience that you had and that you shared with your partner, and that you are now sharing with this, like, third, with this roommate that you've created. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I, I feel like right now is a very special time in my hukau identity because it is like been what I had been working towards for some time. And like this whole fantasy of breeding, you know, it, it has now come to fruition. Yeah, and I am like a successful hookah, <laughs> and c- I could not be ha- happier with like my current state, and just and just like the physical attributes that change, like you know, my breasts are bigger, like mm. my belly's finally like fully coming in, and so I like really feel all these hookah like. Qualities and so I feel like I'm like at the height of like when I think about what being a who cow is like I feel like I'm like at the pinnacle of like what I like about that um, And then but you know, it, it, it's it's this cycle that changes like, you know in three months I will give birth and I will have my calf and <laughs> <laughs> And then there's like the whole nursing thing which right. is like a whole other like fetish and fantasy that I, I share like participate in as well but that is and is also connected to who cow stuff but doesn't always have to be there's lots of other like nursing st- stuff that goes really well on all kinds of other fetishes and role plays
0: I want to talk about milk and nursing yeah and I love everything that you just said about enjoying that your body is growing and getting juicier in so many different ways. I mean, really, actually, all kinds of people, whether they're people that can get pregnant or not, we do not value size. And we also don't value bodies that secrete. In Western culture, not only are we supposed to be tight bodies that are not unruly as the Roxanne Gay series has recently put it we're, we're also not supposed to be unruly in terms of in terms of our fluids right like our tits are not supposed to leak
1: yeah and I feel like my body is like doing all of those things right now my body looks different every other day mm. my tits have doubled in size my stomach is like way out there and bumping into things mm. Well, you're I, also- I haven't quite started like leaking yet but I know it's just a matter of time and like but honestly, like, I've never felt sexier. Cool. And, I, and, I, and you know, and th- I didn't know that I was going to really get into it that in that way, even though I, it's something that I've fantasized about, neuroticized, and I myself feel very attracted to pregnant women. But I had a lot of fear around, like, what these changes would f- actually feel like yeah. um, and if that would feel good or not, especially as someone who... My job is about sharing my body and feeling good in my body and showing my body off. And so how that would affect not only just like my identity, but my livelihood. I had some anxiety and apprehensions about, but I have been just pleasantly surprised about like how not only physically good that I feel, but also just like how sexy I feel. You know, I'm still wearing like really tight clothes and like low cut tops. And I'm like dressing as slutty as I can (laughs) constantly, like mid-drifts, showing the belly. Like I feel like I'm feeling really in my body and good. Like I also had fears about dating. Like, Mm. oh, like as soon as I get pregnant, (laughs) like I was on Tinder super hard before I got knocked up and I was like I gotta start dating someone now because I'm gonna get pregnant soon and then like (laughs) it was just such a dumb like I I, like it's such a dumb thing to say but it's like it's it's like honestly what was going through my head and that didn't quite work out but I've also been very pleasantly surprised at the like amount of femme attention and Mm. attraction that I've been receiving that's cool felt amazing and I'm not like oh my sexuality has to stop or be put on pause because my body's changing or I'm you know starting a family with someone else because like while my body is rapidly changing like I'm still the same person and I still have the same like still the same old slut desires yeah I'm the same old slut like it's like that didn't change just because I want to have a family
0: that's a very important message
1: yeah it is it is possible it is scary and I think there was a lot of like worries that I had about how that would actually play out and how regardless of how I felt about myself how others would relate to me yeah and I feel very blessed to be in a group of other wonderful sluts who are just like really really into my cool new body
0: (laughs) that is so great i'm so fucking happy to hear that it's really nice to think about the gender stuff around pregnancy and femininity is so interesting it's kind of like other femme identity stuff i think the the image that you've created for me of femmes being really into your pregnant body is this like femme-on-femme desire thing or this femininity, desiring femininity thing that feels really sexy and alluring to me. And I want to be careful about talking about, about that in a way that doesn't suggest that you have to be femme or that you have to be a woman to be pregnant. I definitely have friends who are trans men who have been pregnant. Bushes can be pregnant. You don't have to wear a super tight leopard print top like in order to fully embrace your pregnant body. So many
1: different ways and it doesn't require femininity per se like it can and it often like exaggerates these traditional aspects of feminists, but there's so many different ways to do Parenting, there's so many different ways Mm. to have family. There's so many different ways to do queerness and there's so many different ways to do pregnancy. And to get pregnant also. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a really important thing to acknowledge that being pregnant is not just like the point of being a woman or like all that kind of bullshit. Like I definitely don't subscribe to that going back to like fears and worries about, you know, getting pregnant and just like thinking about how that would like how that erases some of my like queer identity Ooh. and it, it is very normy. I'm like, I'm a breeder all of a sudden. Well, and not in the hot way. <laughs> well,
0: that's, I mean, it is hot, but also it, I mean, it definitely, have you read the Argonauts? I haven't. You got to read the Argonauts yeah. by Maggie Nelson. It is, uh, it's a beautiful book about queer pregnancy and parenthood. And it's like funny and raunchy and very theoretical. Hey, why are people into that listeners? Tina here reminding you to check out the free sexuality workshops at the Pleasure Chest stores in New York City, LA and Chicago. For example, on Wednesday, November 28th, you can check out Triple Extra Stuffing, 30 things to do with your hands, with friend of the pod, Ryan, at the Pleasure Chest shop on 2nd Avenue in Manhattan. Pleasure can be found in so many ways and places at the tips of your fingers, and in the palm of your hand. Whether you'd like to learn to give your head a hand, giving a soothing and sensual rub down, take your pleasure into your own hands, or free them up for extra stimulation with the help of toys, there's sure to be something for you to take away from this wide-reaching workshop. Open to folks of all genders and orientations. To find out more about this and other workshops, follow Pleasure Chest on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or visit pleasurechest.com.
2: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: Hearing you talk about being a Mm cow, I'm sorry I keep (laughs) laughing. I'm laughing because it's delightful. I am so interested in puppy play and pony play and all of the different ways that it manifests i just am so delighted by the um human erotic imagination obviously everybody <laughs> listening to that uh is like yes Dina, we know it's just so nice also to have so many of these conversations and to know so many fucking perverts and just like have things that you have never really thought about before just never really thought about like the sexiness of being a cow but you really got me on like the haunch thing the
1: haunches the haunches yeah. I want to I get branded someday. Like oh, that's... One of my goals.
0: That's really nice. Yeah. I want that for right you. Right on the
1: haunch. Thank you.
0: <laughs> um, uh, Yeah, there's definitely something about that, about... There's, there's something objectifying about that, too, because I feel like cows are, like, along with pigs, are, like, an animal that I think we associate with, like, factory farming, for better or for worse, and that we sort of think of the as, consumption like... Consumption and yeah and yeah. like the idea that like of being bred just for the purpose of your body being used to sustain other people's taste buds and or
1: totally like yeah if you get like a little deeper into the darkness of who cows i think that starts to play in especially then when you factor in my job which is utilizing my body and like how that kind of plays into being a commodity and all of those types of things. It's interesting.
0: There's also something really interesting about the way that your body transforms so much. Like you've talked a lot about how your body is different every day and what it must be like to be in a body that is transforming so noticeably to the person in it and also like observed to be transforming by, by people and like people's entitlement to talk about your body when you're pregnant is perhaps something that we can get to and maybe also informs the like erotic charge of being a Mm hookah. There's something kind of amazing about the fact that like you're the experience that you're in. I'm so glad that I'm interviewing you when you're like six months pregnant. Mm -hmm. It feels like you're like right in the middle of it i'm sure people have talked about this but i keep thinking about like the idea of like body modification like you're kind of and maybe this is just my brain that like when i think of pregnancy i my brain immediately goes to like body horror places like Uh aliens places (laughs) which makes me think of the other breeding thing that you see on the internet a lot which is ovipositors do you know what i'm talking about oh my gosh yes I, I'm, I'm obsessed with those. I <laughs> like am not alien. surprised. Can you describe what an, what ovipositor porn yeah, is?
1: So it is, it's an actual toy. I forget which company makes it exactly, but it is a dildo that looks like, if you were to imagine in your mind, what an alien
0: cock looks like. I'm sure there's lots that. of different yeah. things that people imagine when they think of that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, picture picture your, your best guess at an mm. alien cock. Mm. And it's it's very wide, and it you can actually put these sticky, juicy eggs inside. Yeah, and so then you can then insert them into whatever your favorite hole is, mm. and deposit these eggs inside someone.
0: And they're like they're bo- they're like body-safe material, presumably mm-hmm. no glycerin. I'm hoping because yeah. don't put sugar, sugar in, any holes. in any holes. Yeah, the idea is this like alien way of inserting like a phallus into someone and then like laying your eggs in them and then presumably like something about them like sliming out then you then that person has to like lay your eggs that you just
1: inseminated in them yeah and like when you look it's popular it's, it's incredibly popular i've spent a lot of time looking at like impregnation blogs like fantasy blogs and fetish stuff. And they always come back to these egg things and want to know more about them. And I mean, I think, I think it's great. It's like a way to really kind of create this, this like, whether it's breeding or impregnation or implantation or just alien sex. Right. <laughs> like there's it's, that. it's a way to like make that happen. And like, you see these like very strange yet, familiar oval objects coming in and out and it's sticky and it's I don't know I think it's amazing I think it's one of the most special things ever created (laughs) Um, Arabelle Ruff and I actually had big plans to make one of those porns like before I was showing when I knew I was pregnant but not showing we were going to like do the scene and then like Finish the rest of the scene once I was getting bigger. Like I instantly, because that's what often happens in impregnation fantasy, like lit, is like it's it's an instant thing. Like from the moment of, ah, uh. of ejaculation or whatever, then like the belly starts swelling immediately.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> no delayed gratification mm-hmm. there.
1: No, I'm playing the long game right now. But <laughs> 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 yeah, it's like instant. <laughs>
0: okay, tell me more about all of these breeding impregnation fantasies, because I love that this is something that you're in the middle of experiencing in a very real and literal way. Mm-hmm. You're you're pregnant, you're a sexual being, you're a sex worker, mm-hmm. and you also have presumably a uh, personal realm and a personal, private sexuality, which you are discussing at your comfort today, but you also are somebody who is like really turned on by all of these sort of fantastical fetish Fabulous ideas.
1: Yeah. And I like that word fantastical because I feel like that's actually like what my body's doing right now is like doing something really fucking fantastical. Yeah. The the breeding and the hookah and the Im- implantation, impregnation fantasy stuff, like that's more of things that I do that, that are like involved in my personal life and with yeah. my partner. And then that kind of differs for me from like what I offer as a sex worker like i don't do a lot of like breeding fantasy or Mm. things like that professionally yeah that for me those are kept kind of like in two different hives because that feels really personal and it's part of what like keeps my partner and i close it's Um, super
0: important to have Things that even if it is a word or an identity to yeah. have that you're like, this is just something for, totally, for yeah. us. Yeah.
1: And I will go there like lightly with yeah. clients and with, you know, film and, and things like that. Um, yeah. But what I've been noticing more from doing sex work while pregnant is that like less people are approaching me about the breeding fantasy and more about like me actually already being pregnant and them and people being either really attracted and appreciative of a pregnant body Mm -hmm. and then also like fetish fetishizing a a pregnant body and so it's been really interesting kind of seeing the different tastes and desires and fantasies and role plays that have come along with now this like new body that I have, yeah. um, which, you know, I've been doing full service sex work for, uh, I don't know, like eight years or so. So, you know, this is my, my livelihood and this is what I, I'm really good at it. And I, I have never done this pregnant before. So I was really nervous.
0: Well, you know, I have to say, you know, as a, uh, as an old friend who, lives on the other side of the country and like we were kind of just talking about how funny it is to sort of like see updates about one another and all of our sex work friends like when we like follow one another's like sex work personas on like Twitter or Instagram Mm -hmm. and then you see things and and you like find out news in, in the way that most people listening to this are probably familiar with this phenomenon of like finding out news from people like from their social media but also like we all have been sex workers since like as social media has become more and more a part of our lives. And so like you also get to see how the different parts of our lives, whether it's like, I live in New York now or I'm pregnant Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) is, or like I'm on tour or uh, I, my hair is pink now. (laughs) Uh, Like you, you see it in a way that is both like social and friendly but also ultimately about marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, I think it was like six weeks ago that I started to see all my Maxine Holloway content was like, I'm making an announcement. I'm pregnant. And like here I'm like going on these tours. I'll be in this city. I'll be in that city. Hashtag pregnant escort, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) And like, you have all these like lush Glamorous photo shoots that are like focused on your belly and and uh just focused on like your changing body and they're just really beautiful. I just really oh, wanted to say that you. like <laughs> i i like they're i mean they're just like straight up like the, like artful, but there's something so like smirky and knowing and also benevolent about the way that you are presenting it where you're like i know that i'm just like gonna stomp on all these with my high heels and like Mm -hmm. i don't give a fuck and this is my body and this is what i'm doing and I don't know it also just seems like really like oh of course. I don't know. There's there's this like um internal logic to it that is just really sweet and refreshing. So Thank I you. that was like part of why I was so excited that you were that you were going to be here so that we could talk about it right now. And I guess like all of this is to say good job. Thanks. And also what Is it like, how did you, two-part question, how did you come to the decision? Because I know you and I know that this is not something that you decided to do frivolously. I'm sure Mm -hmm. that you're somebody who I think has really good judgment and probably decided, like, is this something that I want to make a part of my public persona, a part of Maxine Holloway? If so, how do I want to do it? How do I want to manage it? How do I want to deal with any blowback like that I might Get, unfortunately inevitably how did you come to the decision to make your pregnancy a part of your public persona and then how has it been because you've not only continued working but you've been like taking the show on the road
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's that's a, that's a really good question so in some ways it feels super natural for this pregnancy to be public in in the way that Maxine Holloway is public um, because I mean I in, in a lot of ways I have made a career of doing what I would like to do with my body and sharing that with other people yeah um, so this feels like a very natural evolution of like well, you know, since I decided to become pregnant and have a family that this, there is an aspect of that that will be shared publicly. Um, and so there is something like that is attached to like body positivity and fucking social norms Mm. and, um, really being in touch with like my agency and like, fighting that Madonna whore complex. yeah. Like there's part of it that is very rooted in that. And then there's another part that's rooted really economically where like my livelihood is sex work and I have a couple other hustles that I do but like this is how I um, pay my rent and for food and will support my family with sex work. So part of that is like... Whether I wanted to or not, like this is my job or not whether I wanted to share this publicly or not, this is part of my job, and my body is part of my job um and I feel very fortunate that i i I knew pretty early on that like when I got pregnant, I wanted to work for as long as that felt physically and emotionally good for me, yeah, um and also being very aware that that this doesn't happen a lot, yeah. and that there are certain social expectations of all people that get pregnant and all mothers of things you do and don't do. Yeah, and um, totally being a hooker doesn't often fall on the list of. things I mean, things you're not even supposed doing. to be a hooker in the first I know, place. I <laughs> not <alone> a pregnant <laughs> hooker. So, like, I I knew that I was gonna get some blowback and heat from people um and yeah like i like just checked my phone five minutes ago and i have a new like hate mail from fantasy football 84 at gmail who likes to email me every day and tell me that i should be ashamed Mm. and that i'm disgusting and that i'm gonna scar my child for life Mm. and all these things that i know are like like they honestly make me laugh more than anything um but like at the same time like that does play upon like my worst fears of how people will perceive me and nobody. All that nobody stuff.
0: likes nobody likes getting yeah those emails
1: totally. And there, I think there's also some really legitimate fears like sex working parents, specifically mothers, um, are at a much higher risk for being questioned if they're like a fit parent or getting social services involved or law enforcement um having like cps called dude because of the way that i support my family so yeah so there's some like kind of funny kind of dumb kind of annoying yet lightly hurtful like hate mail that you get but there's also this like real legitimate fear that i have of um people trying to take my child away or like legitimately not thinking that i am a fit parent because of the way that I make a living and that feels very scary and so that definitely feels like a risk that I'm taking by being so public as a pregnant sex worker and then you know after I'm pregnant it's not like well that just disappears then I'm like a sex working mom (laughs)
0: so right right part of the I guess I hadn't thought about that. I have such a non-breeder brain. It is ridiculous <laughs> sometimes. Um like I guess I hadn't thought about cuz I've definitely known some sex workers who have decided to uh get pregnant and uh become parents and then and so have sort of like taken a break and like made whatever story they wanted to make and and not made that a part of their persona and then, like, come back to work, like, maybe at at any point, like, after they are no longer pregnant. Yeah. And it is interesting to think about the fact that not only are you coming out about being pregnant right now, but you are also invariably coming out about being a a parent like you're gonna it's a (laughs) parent that you will that you will be a parent like yeah yeah. like that's that that is not something that you are going to be able to keep private from your clients in the future like i mean maybe some of them won't have followed yeah Yeah. but But for
1: the most part it's like now that is a part of the maxine Holloway brand yeah okay like i'm full on in the milf category (laughs) it's it's not just (laughs) <laughs> it's not just because I'm over nineteen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. Feel, and and in, like in a lot of ways, I feel super honored to be a part of the sex worker mom club because they're yeah. some of like the best badasses that I know. Totally. Um, and in other ways, it feels scary because of you know all the reasons I kind of listed before. Yeah. Um, That's but, real man. But you know, I don't I don't make a lot of my decisions in life based off of fear or the what ifs, like I'm kind of like approaching this very, um, very thoughtfully, but also with some bravery. Um, cool. And knowing that, like, I have an awesome like support system from my partner and um, even other family members that are like, "You got this!" Like, cool. You, you, you can do that. You can. This will be something, you know another form of stigma to kind of like grapple with in face but like you got it
0: (laughs) when you were making this this decision did you have any other role models or people that you're in community with who had done this before or who you could like compare notes with
1: yeah at first like it was kind of hard to find other people I'm like okay like I want to do this like what have other people done? Which yeah. is A very common thing when you're trying something you haven't done before. Yeah. Um, and you know, the first person that came into my mind was Sadie Loon. Mm.
0: Oh, of course.
1: Very publicly like went through her whole conception in a very artistic and pornographic fashion. Yes. Um, and you know, shot porn and worked throughout her pregnancy. Um, and, moved to Berlin in the past few years. And I, before I got pregnant, I was actually in Berlin last December and got to, we had like a four hour brunch oh. and just like talked about conception and art and porn. And it was really inspiring. And, and at that point I was still trying to conceive, but hadn't quite done it yet. Um, so and, and, you know, and, and she brought her daughter to brunch too. So amazing. Who was, who's like about five years old now. Um, so that was very inspirational to be like, to see someone that had, like, been through that didn't, like, disappear for a while, like, was very public about it, and, like, and it's very much a part of their identity and personhood and sexuality, and that was really inspirational and beautiful to witness when that was happening, and then when I'm in the in this position where I'm, like, trying to start that to then, like touch base with her in that way that was like a really meaningful important day so thanks Sadie
0: oh my god (laughs) love Sadie shout out to Sadie Loon
1: and then um, someone that I actually have not met in person yet um, is Lola Luscious Cool. who um, has now had two very public pregnancies while continuing to do sex work and is just does it in this like beautiful like unapologetic like fuck you world way that I just like loved and so I found her a little bit more recently I've known Sadie for years um, but watching her over the past year because she just gave birth a few months ago to um, her second child and so watching the way she just like let it all be out there in this gorgeous way was very inspirational and I really appreciated that. And like, she's a hot babe, and that was really hot to just like see all these like milky juicy photos of her. And um, then yeah, amazing. Yeah, and then uh, her her partner, her husband, Zachary Luscious, actually just photographed me a couple of days ago in Boston. Cool. And um, I'm really excited to see those photos because like oh, I've photographed some a pregnant woman once or twice. So. <laughs>
0: Thank you for talking to me about that stuff that I know can be really sensitive. And I think you're a trailblazer and a lot of people will probably be looking up to you really soon. They want to be (laughs) whore mothers. So I am curious what working has been like and how your clients have reacted. And are you getting people who are specifically interested in you because you're pregnant or people who are sort of discovering what it's like to be, I don't know. Tell me everything.
1: Yeah. So it's been kind of wild. And I really didn't know what to expect. Like I expected to lose some regulars and gain some new ones. Um, But like, Yeah, people have very different reasons for seeking out a pregnant escort, and um, it really ranges in just, like, some of them just have this, like, attraction that they don't quite have words for, and then they don't necessarily articulate or explain it to me. Like, a lot of the sessions are very much like a more traditional GFE girlfriend experience session where I just happen to be pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and you know, those I just kind of, who knows what's going on in their heads, but I kind of assume that it's just kind of like, oh, like I just am like wired, wired this way, or like I'm just really attracted to pregnant women and wanted to experience that. Um, Someone told me that they, my very first, the very first client that I booked after advertising pregnant was um, this darling younger gentleman with like long wavy blonde hair covered in tattoos worked at a tattoo shop and um, I asked if he had ever been with a pregnant person before and he said you know I hadn't and I you know I I just happen to find pregnant women really attractive but I also don't think that I'm gonna have kids Hmm. and I was having this conversation with a friend recently and I was like you know I don't know if I will ever have sex with a pregnant woman like just kind of like those two things like added up in his head and he was like oh I find pregnant women attractive I don't want to have kids like Oh, bummer. (laughs) uh,
0: Just one of the many things that sex work can facilitate.
1: Yeah. And then he said, like, literally a few days later, I saw your ad, and I was just like, I have to contact her. This is an experience that I want to try. So I think there's a little bit of just, like, curiosity, like, attraction and experimentation that people are intrigued by. Um, And then you get the people that are – you know just like really deep into pregnancy fetish and fantasy and those are really fun for me actually like oh yeah so many clients with whether they talk about it in our initial contact and emails or not like first five minutes like can I call you mommy well there it (laughs) is like yes darling oh mommy um and those those have been really fun and just like all types of like Nursing role play mm. and different types of like mommy boy dynamics. Mm. Um, there's also like a good amount of uh, people that are interested in cuckolding sessions. Like, okay. My partner and I are probably going to do a couple of those throughout my pregnancy where people are like really excited that I offer sessions like with the person that actually got me pregnant. (laughs) So like the cuck holding, holding and humiliation like possibilities are just like heightened when it's like an actual pregnancy and things like that.
0: Right. So to spell that out, that would be like, not only are you so pathetic that you can't get me off with your puny excuse for a dick, but Also, you can't even get me pregnant. What kind of a man are you? (laughs) Exactly. Right. Look at this big, beautiful bull who just
1: inseminated me. It wasn't. He.
0: It wasn't. (laughs) It it was so easy. It just looked at me sideways, and I got pregnant. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Tried with you for years, and then just one time with this stallion. Like it's just. The script writes itself. It's yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah.
0: Very, um, it's very Handmaid's Tale, actually. Yeah. The connection of like, like masculinity and like the ability to uh, virility. Virility. It virility. virility. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So there's Freudian stuff with like mommy boy stuff. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Totally get it. Nurturing. Um, cuckolding. Vir- yeah. Virility or lack thereof. Emasculation. What else? Uh, What else
1: has there been? I think also just, like, like, just curiosity. Mm. Like, people, it's just, it's different. Like, my body feels different than a non-pregnant person's. um, And just, like, this heightened, like, belly and boobs. Like, there's something kind of connecting back to, like, how bodies are not supposed to be bigger or leaky like there's this taboo thing that i think people are very curious about and i don't think that a lot of people even fully understand it but it's just like this idea that like you're not supposed to fuck a pregnant woman especially a woman that you didn't get pregnant so like
0: so this level of
1: taboo is just like really high and i think like also like you know a lot of people have like cheating fantasies and all this stuff so yeah.
0: like
1: you know having sex with a pregnant person kind of like plays into this like taboo and you're not supposed to be there and I think that can be exciting for people
0: yeah that makes sense I mean I'm thinking about like the issue that comes up for people sometimes with having sex with the person that you did get pregnant that you're like isn't the joke about like the anxiety of like your penis, like bumping up against like the fetus or or whatever that, or that it's like uncomfortable because there's like another person present in the room. And then, you know, I mean yeah. the elephant, the elephant in the room here is the taboo around children um, and sex. And I think that um, uh, that's one of those taboos that is uh good (laughs) uh for many reasons um uh but also i think it's one of those moments that it's really important to underscore the fact that like a fetus's personhood is up to the person who is pregnant with the fetus to decide
1: yeah yeah i think I don't I would know. I think I underscore that i th- i I very recently was very publicly told that um working while pregnant was child exploitation, sure, and I was just like that a doesn't make a lot of sense and is it sure super, doesn't super like just goes against any type of thoughts about body autonomy and agency and it's just like that math to me just really does not add up. Yeah. Um, Like this is my body. Yeah. And I have a pregnant body right now. Yeah. And any type of sex that I have or role play that I participate in is still about me and my body and really has nothing to do with like this future human that lives inside of me. Yeah. Um, And so I think conflating those kinds of things is really... Dangerous and just stupid like yeah, it just agreed. doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense
0: totally agreed the part of the taboo is just it's taboo to have sex with someone who's pregnant even if you're the person who got them pregnant even if you're like in a monogamous relationship with them and you've like are having a, a like and you're pregnant together and then it's taboo to have sex with a pregnant person when you're not the person that got them pregnant because that 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 is that's both cuckolding but it's also just this kind of like I don't know it's like a nice manifestation of being slutty I guess in this <laughs> like sort of uh sort of way right um and uh you're like swelling up with your sluttiness
1: yeah In a body that isn't like, quote unquote, supposed to be slutty, like, you know, I'm supposed to be in this fragile state and very protective and not interested in sex and all these things. But then when you are either playing the part or actually feeling the part of being like a horny pregnant woman, like that's like dirty and naughty and
0: like I'm these things I'm having also this weird uh comparison is coming into my mind about the fact that like people talk a lot about how you like can't tell if a woman is turned on um as if you know uh swelling and engorgement and wetness um for people who have vaginas, is like not something that you can notice or fail to notice. Um, but you know, as opposed to like an erection, which is like, "Hello, I'm here," right? Yeah. Um, so, like, uh, I, I'm thinking about how like a pregnant body is like one of the only like physical physical confirmations that you're like have had sex unless you're Jane, <laughs> unless you're Jane the Virgin. Like, I suppose it's, like, physically possible to be pregnant without having sex, but, like, in general, it's, like, a sign that you have had sex. So, it's kind of, like, uh, it's kind of, like, a lady boner that it's just, it's this, like, clear indication that you are, and you were talking about the Madonna whore complex Mm -hmm. and and how, in many ways, that's, like, so literal for you. Your, like, sluttiness is, like, showing and you're just, like, straight up non-virginity is showing in your body yeah but then it's
1: my non-virginity is showing
0: (laughs) (laughs) but then you're also invoking But then you're also like invoking this thing that is supposed to be i mean i'm basically breaking down the madonna whore complex right now that you're like also invoking this thing that is that is unsexed in our culture and in many cultures that like being a mother even though like how you got there probably involved sex it was likely to involve sex I think so uh, (laughs) that then you are supposed to like as soon as you are like a pregnant body then you are like a mother body and your like body again like doesn't belong to you it's not about
1: me or pleasure it's just about housing a fetus until I'm ready to procreate again so yeah there's yeah and then and then this I and then I think when things are you're not supposed to do something what does our society do? It eroticizes it, That's fetishizes it for sure. So I think that is like one of the big reasons why, like, on many vids, like, pregnancy porn is one of the highest searched, is it, and purchased c- categories.
0: Well, it's also so rarefied, right? Because it's like you can't fake it.
1: Yeah, very true. Like you can fake it's, it, it it's on like TV. This combination of but like, like taboo and you. There's not a, ton, there's not a ton of pregnant porn performers. There's not a ton of pregnant escorts. So it's like this rarity and taboo. But also has combined. to be like
0: cultivated. You see what I mean? It's like you can't just like, you you can't be like, okay, well we're gonna do like a somebody put in a request for like Wonder Woman porn. So we're gonna like get the outfit. It's like you right. gotta you gotta like, you gotta cultivate and gestate that yeah and like it's this
1: is like method acting real hard <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on this for almost a year just yeah. to get that clip just to make that MILF money <laughs>
0: <laughs> make that MILF money um well I'm real. It's so it sounds like the combination of this like very literal manifestation of you like supporting your family mm-hmm. is working really well And that you are experiencing that you're getting a lot of MILF money and experiencing a lot of success. MILF
1: money. Yeah, it's been it I honestly like have really enjoyed working pregnant. Um my clients have been really wonderful and creative and fascinating. Like it's it's been it's been a good adventure for sure.
0: Fuck yeah. Yeah. So as a queer uncle who knows a lot about sexuality, I'm starting to get more questions from the, from the loved ones in my life who are getting pregnant and having babies about sex, sex during pregnancy, sex during early parenthood, you know, sex after, after giving birth, whether you're the person who gave birth or not, et cetera, et cetera. So if you had, One piece of advice, I know you haven't gone through the whole Mm -hmm. process yet and maybe I'll have you back when you have. Um, If you had one piece of advice for people who one day want to be pregnant and still be sexual beings, who are now pregnant and want to be sexual beings, who are parents and want to be sexual, what's one piece of advice that you would give?
1: Yeah, um, I think my piece of advice would be about the conception process itself, um, which can often be high pressure and really hard. Yeah. It wasn't super easy for me to get pregnant. Yeah. And it was a process. It took a little bit longer than I had expected. Um, And that can often put like stress or pressure on sex. And like, you know, both my partner and I really like sex. And it's a very important part of our relationship. And now all of a sudden it's taking on this, different, more, like, functional role in our life other than recreation and pleasure and closeness. So I would just, like, A, just acknowledge that conception sex is just a little bit different than, like, recreational sex. And for us, it really helped having that who-cow breeding dynamic. That was, like, a big part of what kept it fun and a little bit lighter. Yeah. Um, So... I'm not saying that everyone has to go like find their inner who cow, but like <laughs> maybe try to tap into it a little and just realize that like this could be a process, um, and that's okay. That's very common for a lot of people. Um, and there are plenty of ways to like keep that sex from just becoming like this functional duty that you both have to perform. Um, and that there's ways to make it still filthy and exciting and connective um, and that that's going to just be a little bit different and that's
0: okay. That is beautiful advice. (laughs) Maxine Holloway, you look great. Thank you. It's really nice to see you.
1: It's really good to see you too. I missed you.
0: And fucking congratulations. Thank you. I wish you uh, a wonderful kinky test of endurance um
1: thank you oh the alligator liked your goodbye it's it's kicking right now
0: that's (laughs) i think that's the that's a first for this here podcast so wait you're a cow with an alligator an
1: alligator we'll talk about that next time
0: (laughs) (laughs) maxine if people want to find out more about you on the interwebs where can they do so
1: yeah, my best place to check out is MaxineHolloway.com. That is the hub for all of the things that I do. Um, you can also follow me at Maxine Holloway on Twitter and see what the latest and greatest
0: is. Cool. And what about Bay Pro Support?
1: Yes, please go check out. It's, the website is BayAreaProSupport.com um, and we are a Bay Area sex worker resource organization and you can find out about what we do and how to get involved, how to support, how to donate, um, how to access resources at bayareaprosupport.com.
0: Cool. Amazing. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you.